2: Hello, and thank you so much for tuning into this week's Food for Thought, a podcast that's on a mission to equip you all with the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well, and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each of the 12 episodes, I'll be joined by guests, all of whom are experts in their field so that together we can learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted expert advice. If you've been looking at ways to lose weight, then you've probably almost definitely come across the buzzword, metabolism. Some say it's like a switch that you can boost before the pounds fall off, but science suggests otherwise. This week's Food for Thought sees Ryan Carter and I delve into what our metabolism really is and whether there is any truth to boosting it to help lose weight. Hello, Ryan.
3: Hey, Ree. How are you?
2: I'm very well. Thank you for asking. I think we'll start by asking the first question that I think a lot of people get very confused about. Is it true that if you have a higher metabolic rate, it's easier to lose weight? Because I think that's the thing that a lot of people associate with weight loss metabolism.
3: Yeah, I think fundamentally, it's a simplistic way of looking at things. I.e. if you're burning more energy, you're going to have an easy ability to lose weight. But we have to think losing fat here. Um, But we'd also need, if that is the case, to increase our energy density, our calories from food coming in, because it's basically BMR, our basal metabolic rate, which requires us to fuel ourselves significantly. Um, So we just can't eat nothing with a high metabolic weight. We need to therefore add in the right fuel to fuel that and for, basic cellular demands. So it's not just a simplistic thing of just increasing your metabolic rate. There is, so to speak, a price to pay for that. Um, We would need to encouraging and not be scared of eating food, not be scared of the word calories. Um, And of course, there's loads of nuance around that, how actually energy is utilized in the cell, Mm. or even from digestion, even the psychological aspects of health and how that affects our biochemistry um so it's a bit deeper than that we don't purely just want to increase our metabolic rate um and you really cannot do so much uh to move the needle so to speak from exercise which most people think they can do or Mm -hmm. just from increasing certain foods because of their thermogenic effects or Mm -hmm. these so-called superfoods it doesn't really work like that
2: It's complex, isn't it? And I think that that's what we should probably kick off by discussing. So let, let's talk about what is the metabolism? Because it, it isn't just what you eat and how it goes out, is it?
3: <laughs> no, it's it's the utilization of en- energy substrates. So from food, we break these, these chemical bonds down and we utilize these on an atomic level of the electrons and protons and neutrons and they facilitate the energy in the cell for basic function, for reading the DNA, for translocating this, transcribing this, from enzymatic reactions, um, for making neurotransmitters, for building the cell membrane, for cholesterol, for everything basically. Um, So there's a huge demand and that is where metabolism is, the utilization of energy and the end product of that is our basal metabolic rate, is the basic principle of thermodynamics. And it's about, instead of shifting, and I, I really encourage this with clients, is basically shift the mindset of, it's just energy, energy in and energy out. It's a bit mm. more to it than that. It's like, what happens with the energy that comes in? This mm. is where like I see health. This is where I see where like the magic really happens, in the cytosol, in the mitochondria, which is AKA the powerhouse of the cell, but it does a little bit more than that simple um, belief. Um, But this is where the magic happens. And the output of that is ATP. And that facilitates all the ongoing things that the cell needs to do to repair, to replenish, to even cellular death. We need energy to drive this. Um, So that's metabolism.
2: Yeah, I mean, basically metabolism just, provides all of our cells of life and death. It's an incredible um, process. And when you mention mitochondria, it also brings me back to my uni days of, um, I think I used to draw a little mitochondria of like a little wheel inside of a cell diagram. It's a teeny, teeny, tiny little wheel. And for anybody that's confused listening, if you put into your Google search engine or into a, U- perhaps YouTube actually would be better, um, into what does the mitochondria do in the cell you might actually get some pretty cool videos that i think are quite easy to break Mm. down like this is if anybody actually wants to go that far because i think what a lot of people probably want to know is or how do you work out what that metabolic rate is you know you mentioned that's how we get our basal metabolic rate but how do you figure that out
3: well you're really not going to figure out the specific number unless you can control for All the variables and unless you really want to live your life in a metabolic ward uh, which obviously is not um plausible for most people who want to go on and live their lives um so we won't definitively for the for the majority know that definitive number we can make the best estimations based on some calculations and probabilities um and there's numerous platforms you can do that some apps out there that would help you give you an estimation and generally most humans have a certain range threshold upper limit lower limit there's not a massive variation between the metabolic weight perhaps with some elite sports athletes but generally there was a study recently that looked at the Hazda and ancestral hunter gatherer tribe in africa and their metabolic rate was actually just the same as a, like a western industrialized um human, um, mm. sitting indoors, not really great, a, a sedentary life basically. So there's not a great degree a degree of um, range there. Um, and with like exercise alone, it really doesn't add that much or the belief that exercise is greatly gonna increase your metabolism. And that's not to decredit the benefits of exercise, which no, are massive but there's more to it than that. There's some genetics that's, that's gonna pay a, uh, paint a picture, but also our nutrition. The nutrition is the ability th- that's gonna be running the cofactors, the enzymes, the processes in basically glycolysis is when we break down and strip and make glucose. Then it's gonna feed into the Krebs cycle which Mm. is in the mitochondria (laughs) again and then that's going to feed into the electron transport chain and that is what's going to be spitting out essentially the atp the phosphate bonds and running and creating all these reactions to occur um, so for
2: everybody listening, just so they can get, because I remember first looking at um, electron transport chain, part of the Krebs cycle. Basically, it, it, when we talk about ATP, we mean energy. We mean we mean that this whole entire process of all these fancy names that um, Ryan and I <laughs> are discussing. It's basically just an energy chain, isn't it? It's an incredible process the body goes through of taking things in and then putting things out in the different cells. And yeah, for it's sure, amazing
3: yeah and like like you said the animations on youtube and you can see Mm. this in slow-mo so the mitochondria is actually a bacterial which was engulfed by our single cell um say 650 million years ago um with life on earth with the the um basically an oxygen event occurred and these bacteria jumped in into the archaea so a single-celled um organism and the mitochondria were basically partitioned to create all the energy or the majority, say 90% of the energy of the cell. And there's there's many densities uh, in different cells of the mitochondria, so we don't just have one, um, one or two floating around like most biochemical textbooks allude to. Sometimes we have hundreds, sometimes we have thousands, sometimes we even have millions, especially in like egg cells, for example. Um, so it's it's... It's a big part and we can we can trace back and see some studies that look into mitochondria function and the role they play with our utilization of energy Mm -hmm. um, and how they can maybe influence some health issues or some conditions, some disease states um, which are a bit beyond and a bit complicated to the nuclear genome, which most um, science has been directed towards
2: I mean, one thing that you mentioned um, just even before the discussion about mitochondria was the fact that, and I remember doing this in evolution adaption, looking at the Hasda and looking at the Hazda tribes and looking at the foraging or the type of foods that different cultures eat and the fact that we can all live on a completely different diet but have very, very little difference when it comes to the metabolism and how mm-hmm. it works and functions, which is absolutely fascinating because the relationship that a lot of people will associate is weight. And they'll be thinking, hang on a minute. So you're telling me that even if I ate completely differently, my metabolism wouldn't change my weight. I think that's what people would be thinking. Like, how
3: does that work? Yeah. I mean, we own have our personal number um, in terms of like the energy in and energy out sort of model. Um, And that's going to be personalized that's going to really influence your metabolism and we can help it we can help it with things like sleep we can help it and influence it with increased lean body mass um but also we're not heathed, like when we can't ignore the role that also adipose tissue fat it, it's actually an active organ so to speak it's it it does have its own metabolism it requires energy and it, it emits energy as well um so it's just not simple as that. Metabolism is very dynamic and it, it, it's personalized essentially. Um, but at the end of the day, like the energy that comes into your body does definitely matter. The utilization of that energy is definitely important. And that's where nutrition and lifestyle medicine has a role here with how we build things, how we create neurotransmitters, our heart rate, our autonomic nervous system and then the energy out would be just essentially just the burning the utilization of that um and just harnessing it
2: so for for everyone it is a process that our bodies very cleverly come up with which is absolutely incredible but of course it does influence then how much perhaps because this particular podcast is about about weight i suppose and for people thinking So I can obviously eat a better diet and that will perhaps boost it then, because I think that's a phrase that you and I were here a lot and we know technically you don't really want to be boosting things too much. But how does that apply to the metabolism?
3: Yeah, like it it would be irresponsible to say, oh, you can boost your metabolism just with nutrition alone. Like it's a bit more complicated than that. Um, I don't use the word boost, I would say to make it more efficient and the body is a system and this comes down to the second law of thermodynamics, dynamics which is about order and entropy, entropy. Um, so how we utilise this en- energy, energy and how we can create information from this energy which is where the genetics comes in here um, and having a well balanced a a nutrient dense approach, not a restrictive diet. Um, We get the biggest bang for buck and we increase our efficiency by ensuring that we have adequate nutrients, vitamins, minerals in place and we don't need to take any supplements um, for the majority. We can harness the power of nutrition and with a food first approach.
2: Yeah, I think food first is definitely all the, um, well, what we're about on food for thought anyway, in any way possible, because we know that supplements have a place. And I'm immensely passionate about the fact that they do have a place, but equally so we should be encouraging a healthy diet because the, the intricacies of the human body, if you think about the fact that there are billions and trillions of cells all doing these You know, you said neurotransmitters sending messages all the time. There are things talking to one another. So it makes sense that what you put in is going to have a role within that. So what are the key areas of the diet that we should be looking at to support this then? What key nutrients would you encourage um, that should be in a balanced diet? I suppose the question is.
3: Yeah, for sure. So when we think of metabolism as a whole, we would want to be prioritizing protein. And this doesn't mean that we need to... Emulate a bodybuilding sort of approach, um, which is not appropriate for the majority of the general population. But we do need to prioritize protein. So ensuring that most of our meals have a protein source. And then I'm not for a restricted diet. I'm not for low carb, keto, high carb, plant based. Again, it's personalized. Again, there's emotions, there's how we feel from food that we need to take into consideration here and how we plan and map out with our clients a a, a template for example um i i'm a big believer of utilizing a nose-to-tell approach with animal produce so that is not throwing away the organs of an animal so we can see this in ancestral hunter-gatherer tribes where they would prioritize things like the liver the kidney the heart things that modern society just disregards. Um, they put it to pet food, for example. And mm-hmm. we sort of prioritise the lean chicken breast, um, which like, it doesn't mean it's a bad food. And we definitely need to remove the, the belief around good and bad. Um, nutrition's not black and white. Um, so just en- encompassing a nutrient-dense diet from nose-to-tail approach, but also understanding the seasonal variations of carbohydrates. Um, and again, the belief that carbohydrates are good or bad, whether you need to have mm. low or car- uh, low or high, or it needs to be this certain number, we can just look into Mother Nature, so to speak, and look outside, see what's growing locally, and that's a big clue there that how the photosynthesis, photosynthesis, the food ecosystem's working. And we are part of that. Humans are a part of this food system. And I, I, I have a big belief about eating seasonal and local food and it programs us, our cells, our mitochondria, our energy, um, our batteries to be more efficient at this process as well. Um, hmm that's my belief and then that removes the dogma it removes the beliefs about you need to lose weight you need to be on this diet and these are all tools and again like if this seasonal approach doesn't really work with you because it it sounds like you you just don't like the idea of perhaps eating more fibrous green vegetables in the winter when there's not seasonal fruits available then that's not your 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 long-term sustainability of that is not really going to work um and that comes down to making sure that whatever approach we do it's going to suit you and for your needs and for you where you are with your health right now so our health our metabolism is completely it's always dynamic it changes for example if we have one bad night's sleep we're going to notice the effects the next day this is going to change our food preferences our cravings um it's going to influence the way we utilize oxygen in the mitochondria um it's going to influence our blood pressure um and this could also be taken forward to like circadian rhythm our environment around the light we're in in our if we're if we're a more indoor existence we're a void and we are creating um a completely different in terms of uh environment of what humans have evolved with which is to be outdoors the majority of the day which means yeah. to be connected to the ground connected to again the ecosystem the trees um the wildlife and we can see the positive influence that that has on psychology there as well um oh, i
2: love that it actually goes with because the word metabolism in greek i think it means to change is in the set of life so it's the susten- sustenance the sustaining actual life and like yeah. you said it's all around us everywhere we go
3: yeah and like metabolism is all about what the human body is built to do so that is to adapt to survive and to reproduce and they're just powerful points to understand that's that's what humans have evolved to be able to do and we are very very adaptable um mm-hmm. and that's when you come back to the point that you made with like that has the tribe um and there's not much difference between their metabolic rate we can change and we can we can influence it, but not to a large degree that most people think from like looking at food, individual food sources, that it's gonna be like a panacea, Um, Mm -hmm. that magic pill that's gonna suddenly shift their metabolism and they're gonna melt fat away. It it really Mm -hmm. doesn't work like that. It's a multifactorial approach. Yeah. if you are wanting to do a weight loss um, approach and it's okay if uh, if you do have a weight loss goal I think people, yeah. a people i think there's a lot of people out there who are shaming people who yeah. want to do better and who want to improve their health and and we can see that with the increased um, risk of uh, obesity that predisposes to our health um, and we should really encouraging we should really encourage it um with compassion with empathy um uh, and and not to shame people that oh you don't need to lose weight you should just have more body positivity and like yeah that's true as well but if someone's goals is wanting to lose weight because it's going to make them feel better we need to acknowledge it and respect it and like encourage it um i think there's a dialogue
2: make- of confusion there ryan with um you, you mentioned it and it is quite a contentious area sorry to to interject i i just think you, you know, body positivity is. I think it shouldn't have nothing to do with weight, and it's it's an area of inclusivity to make people feel comfortable. And then it's totally okay as well for, like you said quite rightly, for individuals to want to lose weight if they want. You control your own body for everybody listening, and you do you make decisions that are going to work for you. And ultimately, seeing health professionals like myself or Ryan and people to guide you along the way, they should be supportive and inclusive of your lifestyle choices and like Ryan said if if something isn't in season I mean do adapt it make it work for you get some frozen berries in your freezer and and you can have berries out of season and still live a different lifestyle that's in nature around you for instance so I think things are very confused in messaging aren't they Ryan it gets a bit heated
3: yeah it's like an all or nothing approach like you Mm. need to be counting your calories you need to be ensuring that you only have a hundred grams of carbs per day you need to be eating 50 grams of protein per meal like humans love numbers we love measuring things (laughs) but we have to remember humans we have behavior we have emotions we are more complicated than that even the role of like eating foods with friends um the tendency to increase our 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 servings of food at these times but we have to Mm. like we can't beat ourselves up it's 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 not an all or nothing approach and like i said like just think of the bigger picture with health mm. there's more bigger there's more to life can, there's, <laughs> but there's more to life as well and we have to remember it's life is yeah. about living and that's like my brand Live Vite. it's like live life mm. and if you're stuck at home if your life unfortunately is evolved around counting calories and being very dogmatic with our exercise and not really experiencing social connection, then this is going to have a dramatic effect on our biochemistry, a dramatic effect on like uh, cardiovascular health. Um, it, it, life is more important than worrying about the my like minute details. Um, I mean, what's and again, been like,
2: fascinating hu- is oh, sorry, no, you go ahead.
3: And again, like humans have had the ability to know the calorie content of certain foods. Previously, 100 years ago, th- this information wasn't known. And that could be also said for the micronutrient nu- uh, the micronutrient density of foods. This is technically a word called like a biohack. So we've biohacked our ability, we've created the modern science has allowed us to know and understand these. Previously, we, we wouldn't have had any aware- awareness of this. And this is really where we can look into The overall sustainability of any weight loss um, approach or any body positivity or um, greater awareness around of our cravings is is giving us our bodies the right signals, giving us and allowing for great intuition to occur um, with satiety and hunger signals.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
3: Nice dress. Uh, It's a, it's a t-shirt.
1: also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com it is interesting
2: it's like what you've said is i think for everybody listening it's really brought it back that like we said at the start, metabolism literally means, you know, it's the sum of all the chemical reactions. It, it includes your digestion, it includes everything, you know, the energy that we create. But the lifestyle and the environment you lead has to be taken into account and we do adapt to those situations. And it, it must, um it's also difficult for people in different demographics. And I think we have to remember and be conscious of the fact that not everybody Unfortunately, even in a westernized world, I mean, in the UK in particular, we still have food poverty. And there are areas where people are unable to make these sorts of dietary changes. And would you say, Ryan, if, if we're thinking about... Um, you know, like we've mentioned, we've compared a tribe in another country in a complete different world and lifestyle, not modernized at all, yet they have similar metabolisms. Would you say that there's a demographic that would find it easier to change their metabolic rate ever so slightly or would have an advantage over another?
3: Yeah, I think like we can look and think a younger population would have more plasticity, Mm. more, and this goes back into the brain, Uh, with myelination which is constantly occurring until we're up to 21 or or might Mm -hmm. be even 25 um and again like we could encourage would be probably the right word about uh prevention around optimization about more optimal food choices lifestyle habits and we could probably have a greater um improvement with efficiency with metabolism um that, that's what that's what I would believe. Um but again, like w- we can influence our epigenetics with like the environment and the lifestyle. We can influence this and we all have the potential to do better and feel better. Um, prioritizing our sleep, priori- prioritizing our relationships with friends and family, with mm. connection, with love, um, gratitude meditation simple easy low-hanging fruits are available to everyone and you don't Mm. you don't need to start and think that you need to eat like grass-fed meat um go stress yourself out about organic vegetables you just need to start doing the best that you can yeah and like being kind to yourself um And we can just, especially with the amount of information out there, and I probably just add to it as well on social media, but like there's so much information about, uh, we just need to be selective and careful Mm. with who we listen to. Uh, And I think I shared this in a post about like personalized nutrition is like, There's so many black and white. It's this way or that way, and like n- the, the world of nutritional science is more complicated than that. There's <laughs> never really definitive uh, yes or no's because we can't replicate a real life situation. We can't replicate what that person would do outside a metabolic ward study. Um, how or how they react to advertising on um, TVs or social media, or how they might be influenced by. Um, the the an influencer for example even in my own personal health journey i was overwhelmed um i didn't know where to start and then that's where it's all about reaching out asking for help and taking that first step for change asking for help when you want to like learn more you ask someone with more experience with more background more wisdom and they can empower you and obviously going to someone credible, respectable, um, who understands safety, who understands like the interactions of medication, who's actually compassionate to you and who's not gonna tell you a big lie about it's all this way or that way, um, asking for help. Um, Mm. And that's the case when we learn to drive, we get the help from a driving instructor. When Thank you goodness, any-
2: Ryan. Believe me, because that is one big thing that I've been redoing recently. I'm driving on the road and honestly, I think in every walk of life, I love that analogy, you need to have a mentor or a, or a guiding figure in life.
3: Yeah. And probably when when your son uh, starts riding his bike, he's yeah. going to have you holding him there. He's going to have oh his stabilizers God. on. He might fall down and, and hurt himself once in a while, but he's going to pick himself up and get back on that um, saddle And again, he'll be a bit more cautious, but this is the whole essence of life is like learning Mm. from our experiences and getting help from others um, and finding a community who you can share things and uh, be open with, share some vulnerability um, and that you can help them as well with something that you're specialized in or you have a greater degree of knowledge than. I often yeah.
2: find the people that are the most humble or like you've just said, I think the reason nutritional science has become so confusing is because you can have so many loud voices that are extremely passionate about their particular area of research or their approach on something they've perhaps tried. And of course their their research is valid, their area is totally valid, but it doesn't mean it applies to everyone. There is no one size fits all. and this is where nutrition does become unfortunately a bit scary and we see a lot of conflicting research for instance um i don't know on saturated fat one minute there are studies saying it's good for your heart health but yet the overwhelming evidence is that it's not good for your heart health and then people are confused like well do i eat it do i not That there's so many areas in nutritional science so let's go into exercise because you touched on it at the beginning as well and i know that in our line of work particularly um we see a lot of people that will say, well, I've been working out and working out. Why am I not seeing results? It, perhaps their nutrition may have a slightly bigger impact on metabolism. What do you think?
3: Definitely. Um, nutrition is going to be more of a deciding factor into the grand scheme of things, as well as your recovery or sleep, which is just as metabolically active as well as mm-hmm. when you're awake as well. Um, and that, again, like on a satiety aspect is going to be influencing our cravings the next day with two hormones, ghrelin and leptin, being on like a seesaw. When we're sleep deprived, our ghrelin's going to increase. We're going to be more mm. hungry. There's more tendency to eat um, quick, refined sugars, um, not to put them under a bus, but that's what uh the research shows um oh, i've been
2: there ryan you know motherhood starting yeah. sleep deprivation but, chocolate is my life <laughs> but
3: <laughs> but again it's you have the awareness of this you're mm. not like trying to hide it you're not trying to dismiss it you're not trying to no. sugarcoat it you're being very aware and this is like when like your awareness is really like the pivotal factor being accountable having the awareness asking better mm. questions um, And maybe possibly putting in some habits, but obviously with being a parent, this does happen. Um, But you can—I don't know—I don't know—I don't know—I don't know your personal (laughs) life that well. But and I'm not a parent, so I can't really speak. Uh, So I'm not gonna gonna say anything there. But there might be some ways to obviously improve the ability of your of 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 a baby to sleep, and we know the influence that light has and
2: mm-hmm. yeah we know that
3: coffee also coffee if we know we're like drinking a lot of coffee especially in the afternoon afternoon that's going to influence our ability uh with our sleep um pressure uh, later yeah. in a day um but like exercise is great exercise is all about like circulation it's about muscle protein uh but it, for, fundamentally it's about creating damage and then the yeah, body being able to adapt and repair that and grow muscle in response to it for next time, for it to go in and have a greater response to. Um, I'm a big fan of like resistance training. Um, Mm -hmm. If you can manage to do any high intensity uh, interval training, again, personalized to you, that might not uh, might not be applicable for some people in this moment in time, but it might be something for someone to have a goal towards and to be able to do, or to just have a simple few intervals instead of going, having 10 intervals as an example. But just basically just moving, walking has, has a big effect on our health um, yeah. and just general I always just... feel
2: better after a walk, Ryan, I, th- I think it's just mental health as well, isn't it? Just a bit of a mental clarity almost.
3: Yeah, fresh air, seeing animals, seeing people. Um, so it's broadening our visual field as well. So when we're indoors, we're we're essentially a prisoner of four walls. When we're outside our visual field in um, our optics, it's gonna see a greater uh, view. And this will have, uh, again, a role in biochemistry, a role in that the body feels very safe, um, and as well as that how light also influences metabolism to a certain degree mm. um, and can influence things like melatonin and um, obviously vitamin D when it's available, which it is now in the UK, for example. Um, oh, yeah. And as we know, that's the ability to synthesize uh, UVB light from sun. And when we do have our time outdoors um, or when the lockdown does does lift, we can prioritise it, we can take our work, we can still take our workouts outdoors. For the moment, most people have like, increased their their outdoor activity and we should still be like prioritising that. Still going on our walk outdoors in nature. Um, If we can do some body weight exercising outdoors, still encourage that. Don't just think you need to go to the gym because they're open again. Um, But obviously, lifting resistance training is great. But we don't need to be a slave to the gym
2: yeah and i love what you just said about the fact that i guess in lockdown one appreciation area that has um, sprung uh, from it one positive factor is that we do appreciate fresh air and you know i for the start of it i was in a flat with no garden and i really felt for everybody that did not have outdoor space it was awful and I'm you know very fortunate now to have a garden but fresh air is life it I think what most people probably have taking away from our conversation is metabolism is literally so much more than this catabolic or anabolic reaction it, it, it consumes life as you said it is life it is life that is the word that we should use to sum up what metabolism is it's how every single cellular reaction kind of almost takes place. Oh, I should caveat that though, by saying, of course, if anybody listening, and this isn't directed at anybody that has a specific condition or something, for instance, like cancer, because the metabolism of cancer cells is really different to normal cells. And that that involves a complete different conversation, which again, goes to show how our overall health can really impact things like the metabolism. But Right, we have so many questions from listeners on this subject, so are you happy to take some of those for us? Let's go. Perfect. Um, so Erica has said, and I'm sure you get this all the time, Ryan, um, could years of dieting make my metabolism unhealthy?
3: So that's a great question, Erica. Um, so a lot of people would tell you this research from The Biggest Loser from America where they'd done intense dieting restriction exercise oh, yeah. Yeah. and the metabolism for six years after was f- essentially flatlined so to speak and it really never recovered however there is some i think it was a research uh, paper in two, uh, 2020 which said that a mild uh, f- form of calorie deficit uh, was was a bit more adaptable and having things like refeeds or breaks from a calorie deficit can be helpful in just sending that right signal to your body that it's okay. There's foods coming in. We don't need to a- adapt to a certain degree that the body's thinking it's been starving and um, the stress, sh- the stress signals involved there. So I personally would don't do anything extreme. And again, like this podcast, myself are not about extremis- extremism. Um, we just need to like be kind to ourselves, and obviously if it is a goal, a calorie deficit would need to be uh, like achievable and maintained for weight loss to occur. The studies that cite your metabolism will be like ruined after a diet period is more based on really severe, intense, extreme ways and protocols which occurs. Um, I think there's more nuance and ability that we can bring back our metabolism. Um, we can send the right signals to our body.
2: I mean, one good example, Ryan, is eating disorder recovery, uh, something in the nutrition clinic that our dietitians work with and you, you can you can repair damage um, ultimately but it, it takes like you said a sustainable lifelong change and I think just realistic expectations because there's nothing worse is there than having that mentality of "oh, I want results now I want to see something change now because that's where we get into I think problematic thinking and um, and James, this links on a little bit, has said, um, is there a link between gut health and a faster metabolism?
3: So we do know there's some metabolites from our microbiome, which influence how we, uh, utilize calories from food, but also there's signals from the microbiome, which can turn on gene expression. Um, it, it's basically a little bit like there's a bi-directional feedback there um again on global systemic health would have an influence on our microbiome but also the food we feed ourselves and nourish ourselves with will have an influence on our microbiome too um and like you can see this with some stool analyses um which would show certain species would be more associated with obesity for example and leanness or body mass index would be associated Leanness would be associated with some other species of bacteria Mm. as well. Um, But again, we have influence over these species. Um, We can modulate our microbiome. Even things like, it's not just all about diet. Sleep as well can have an effect on our gut health. Stress have effects on our gut health. Even our um, environment such as light, going in the sun, um, has a modulating effect on our microbiome, which most people are very unaware of. Um, mm. But everything influences, even even like our oral health with our teeth. There's yes. a microbiome there. They skin, play a role when you
2: wash your skin. Everything, it's everywhere.
3: <laughs> yeah. So it's again, it's like what we said previously. There's communication from all cells in the in the whole body talking to each other. There's feedback mechanisms there as well. Um, but the microbiome can influence our metabolism to the degree that it's significant, probably I'd say no, uh, but it would have, I would say probably around like a 10% influence of how much calories we extract from the food we ingest.
2: Yeah, well answered. That was a really thorough answer, thank you. I think, um, okay, I've got to pick another, I'm just thinking how many questions, there's so many, there's so many, Ryan. Um, okay, let, let's go with um, Helen she said are snacks and i think snacking again is something that anyway i'll let you answer are snacks good or bad for maintaining your weight
3: personalized approach so what works for you if you're noticing that you're having irritability you're feeling a bit shaky then of course have something to eat stabilize your glucose levels but if you i also believe that it's helpful to stick to actual meals and eating, actually eat when we eat. So load up, um, eat well, and when we have the opportunity to eat, eat, and then therefore we don't have the ability to snack. That's not black and white either. Um, Like I said, if you notice that, you're getting a bit dizzy, you're a bit irritable, a bit shaky, then of course that could be a sign that your blood sugar um, balance is not being regulated accordingly. And again, that's when you should speak to professional help and yeah. get some more context and get some more personalization now.
2: Oh 100 percent, yeah, it's all in, completely individual on that one. Um, and also if snack is gonna mean you'll reach for less um, at other points in the day, perhaps it does work just you know whatever works for you. Uh, now Jen and this is very very common this type of question. now I've reached my 40s well it's, it's almost as if Ryan, I think magazines back in the day and even online now it's something about the number 40. Now I've reached my 40s will shifting weight be harder?
3: So in general, when we age, our physiology declines. So reactions slow down. So it might be a little bit harder, um, but it, everything is possible. So if you wanted to lose weight, it's definitely possible. And don't put a limitation on your age. Uh, y- you can do it. Um, but we do know like processes like hydrochloric acid can decline with age. So the, the way mm-hmm. we can break down proteins declines, hormones decline when we age as well. But again, when we know we have fundamentals, when we know we have these low hanging fruits in place, when we're sleeping well, undisturbed, um, we're getting enough light, we're eating well, we're eating uh, a non-restrictive diet, we have, yeah, we have good social relationships, then we're building the fundamentals, we're building our our potential essentially.
2: Yeah, it's, it's almost as if, um... I think we all want some kind of miracle. Now, this is just off the weight loss topic a little bit, I digress, but ageing as well. I think there's a big thing about ageing. And I was writing about glycation, which is, as you know, but for our listeners, the the process of um, sugars and something, the production of ages, literally called ages, which is linked to ageing in our body and how it can impact our... um, youth essentially and skin and appearance. And I was looking into all of this and I was thinking, it's not all doom and gloom, you know, because there are, we have so much that we can control and be happy for and life experience that we learn. And in lockdown, I think social interaction is something that's totally been forgotten about before because it's so important. It's one of the crucial pillars. It should be up there with sleep and diet and exercise and interaction is so important. I think interaction keeps you young. And um, anyway, that was my little
3: um, <laughs> off yeah, topic sure. rant. <laughs> yeah, well, then you have like, you have love, you have intimacy, yeah. looking into someone's eyes, uh, oxytocin, which is a exactly. feel good hormone released, um, like connections massive and humans have evolved with communities. That's yeah. how they had adapted to survive and reproduce essentially. Um, so it, it is a of being a human being, to be around, be around a community. And we know being alone, um is is not good for anyone and if that is the case then obviously reach out there's there's multiple helplines online that you can speak to um or or please speak to your 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 local gp as well and ask for help um don't let your ego get in the way of asking for help um because we we are lucky that we have the ability to have our NHS um to be there and other people like um nutritionists in the background and dietitians um and other healthcare workers to to be on hand when needed
2: yeah 100% lovely um lovely put there I think um just thinking about the access we have to help is quite incredible and quite emotive, actually, especially this year that what everybody's been through, knowing we've got the system there. But I must move on to our fact or fiction round, Ryan. Are you ready for this?
3: I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Here I, I, we... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 10 questions. You answer fact or fiction and um, Here we go, number one. Spicy food will boost your metabolism.
3: There is some fact to that, but not to the degree that most people think.
2: Perfect. The amount of muscle you have is the strongest influence on your weight. It
3: does have some uh, effects, yes.
2: (laughs) Weights will keep your metabolism high, like lifting weights.
3: It will preserve lean body mass. Uh, so, so there, there's some fact to that too as well yeah
2: perfectly answered protein is the best way to increase your thermic effect of food that's fact poor sleep can be linked with a slow metabolism fact coffee is an easy way to speed up your metabolic rate
3: i'd like disagree with that i'd say that's like partly false um like coffee's fine it's not saying coffee's bad but the, again it's a very minuscule effects of caffeine
2: eating late at night will slow down your metabolism
3: <laughs> i think overall in a grand grand scheme of things i think that there's some more there's, there's more nu- a more nuanced answer to that i think that's going to influence your sleep and when we're sleeping that's where the magic happens in the body um with Mm -hmm. hormones such as melatonin and leptin and the way they work and cascade with thyroid hormones and dopamine and prolactin um yeah I would say eating a late night snack is not ideal um but I don't think it has a huge huge issue with your metabolism uh that people would suggest but I don't think Mm -hmm. it's great either
2: Really well answered. Um, Miracle claim products won't help transform your metabolic rate. True. Metabolism isn't affected by stress levels.
3: I would say in terms of how like energy is utilized, I would say on a minute level, yes, it will. Um, Again, we are prioritizing or utilizing our energy towards the stress response and our catecholamines, so our stress hormones, will have an influence on our energy utilization. And again, we can see this with cortisol increasing uh, glucose, mm. uh, because it's a stress response. And having cortisol mm. around it is actually fairly um, good. It's a survival mechanism. Uh, so that that's what it's designed to do. Um, I would say it does have an influence on your metabolism. Uh, again, I don't think it's gonna be a massive, massive uh percentage but it's gonna influence it
2: there we go and the last question organ sizes influence metabolic rate
3: again this is just personalized again because that's going to influence your 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 bmr so yeah so your total body weight will be influenced by that because you have larger organs therefore you might weigh heavier so that's gonna influence your own personalized metabolic rate essentially (laughs) it's such a good
2: fact or fiction
3: (laughs) it is because it's so hard to say fact or fiction uh yeah (laughs) yeah, this is this is it this is it really it's like you know it's so personalized nutrition there's so much context to say definitive answers literally is just irresponsible as well Mm -hmm. as just not actually true um and you can probably spot this out on social media when you have people making a definitive claim yeah you can almost guarantee that they are talking, um, out their bums, so to speak, uh, (laughs) um, because it doesn't really work like that. Um, and that's how humans, that's how metabolism, that's how health health really works.
2: I couldn't agree more. And you know, that's why we do a fact or fiction round. It's such a nice end to the podcast because that does wrap up the episode, but we do always finish uh, with a food for thought. And mine today would be, I think after our conversation, Ryan, it's that nutrition is a science. It is complex, it's evolving. And there is a whole host of reasons that influence the metabolism. It's it could even be down to, like we just said, about your organs and your body composition, just as much as the environment. And I loved what Ryan said about eating seasonally and really looking at the world as one big, large living organism that we need to obviously respect and try and work in tandem with it in a way. And the more, obviously, movement we get and lifestyle factors we address, such as, I don't know, sleep. Um, Obviously the diet, we're obviously nutrition professionals, that's our jam, but there are so many factors that you have the power at home to address. And the smallest changes can have the biggest um, end result. And nutrition isn't black and white. So Ryan, if you could leave our listeners today with a take home message, what would that be?
3: Yeah, it's it'll be work with your body, don't fight it. Again, symptoms and messengers, don't shoot them down. Don't ignore them. If something's apparent, obviously speak to a medical professional um, and be kind to yourself. Um, That's what I just finished with. Be kind to yourself and like, yeah, that's it. Just be kind to yourself. Uh, It's very complex. There's nothing simple. If it was so simple, everyone would be doing it and know about it. That's not the case. Just be kind to yourself and enjoy the journey um like health is not a destination it's it's just a journey yeah it's been it's been a pleasure to talk to you Ri.
0: Oh
2: no thank you honestly I think that was such beautiful words to end with because it really we should simplify and the reason we're having a whole podcast episode on this particular subject is because it's complex and nobody really has any clear messaging online with what's going on so Ryan if people want to find out more about you and what you do where can they go?
3: My website would be the best place. So that is www.livevitae.com. So that's L-I-V-E-V-I-T-A-E. Uh, or you could just search Ryan Carter on Google and I'll come up there. Um, as well as on social media, Instagram, Live you can find me there. Um, and that's it really.
2: Oh, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on Feed for Thought.
3: You're very welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
2: Thank you so much for listening to the final episode in series 11 of Food for Thought. I truly hope that you've you've learned how our bodies are all as unique as our personalities, which is one of my favourite things to say, and that we've given you the confidence to enjoy life to the fullest by following evidence-based advice. I'd like to share a huge thank you to all of the listeners, of course, And for your wonderful reviews, I can't actually get over how many of you have taken the time to review the podcast, and hopefully it means we can reach more people. And of course, my wonderful guests who have been absolutely inspiring and a whole wealth of knowledge and information. So if you do have the time and you would like to leave us a review, we'd be ever so grateful because we hopefully can then reach those higher highs in the charts and get to more people. For more information as well about the Retrition Clinic, my books, some um, healthy recipes, and so much more, please visit Retrition.com and follow me at Retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,